If she wasn't having second thoughts, that's only because Betty Souter was well on her way to her third or fourth. What on earth had she committed to? And why? I have no doubt that her family, mother, dad and four sisters, who gathered around for dinner tonight exactly 75 years ago, 23rd of March, 1946, were doing their very best to get her to change her mind. Surely it wasn't too late. This was going to be dangerous. A single young woman, or more accurately, a recently confirmed war widow, had no business upping and heading off 7,883 kilometres to help relieve the mass suffering underway in plagued, war-torn China. After all, we had literally defeated the Japanese Empire only six months ago at a staggeringly brutal loss of life. And that loss was deeply, deeply personal. Betty's husband John was one of those who'd never come home. And, viewed from today, 75 years later, Australia was not only intensely bitter about the manner her young servicemen and others had been maltreated at the hands of the Japanese military, Australia was also a strongly racist country which featured a keep-out official white Australia immigration policy. And did I mention it would be dangerous? In all sorts of ways. She was going to have to travel in aeroplanes. And only just today, a flight from Colombo to Perth had gone missing over the Indian Ocean. All souls presumed loss. The world and everything in it was in a highly distressed and parlous state. Our troops were only just coming home, and Bet wanted to head the other way. The weather, as they gathered that Saturday evening at the family home in Milner Crescent, Wollstonecraft, a harbourside suburb of Sydney, can only be described as filthy. Torrential rain and wind had begun mid-afternoon and showed no signs of let-up. It had started even earlier on the New South Wales north coast, and rivers were already rising and beginning to flood. But the family and some close friends were all there, partly by way of farewell and perhaps a last-ditch attempt to make Bet come to her senses, but also because it was Betty's 29th birthday. Yes, it's her birthday today. I'm sure they'd saved enough rationed flour and sugar to enjoy a splendid cake as they sung and celebrated around the family piano. She could never have imagined she was embarking on an adventure, the story of which would be retold to a worldwide audience on what would have been her 104th birthday. Whatever attempts may have been made that night to get Betty to change her mind came to naught. And even though she freely admitted to having all manner of mixed thoughts and feelings, she was packed, vaccinated and, weather permitting, ready to leave. In three days, on 26th of March, she'll be off. Join me as we follow her journey in the same way her family and friends did, through her letters and stories. You can subscribe to this podcast, Healing a Broken World, Betty Souter in China, 1946, at podbean.com or wherever you get your favourite podcasts.
On each day she wrote a letter home, it will be published in this series, just 75 years later. Because, as you all know, mail can sometimes be delayed. So we'll hear from Betty in her own words three days from now, because it'll be wheels up and away we go. In closing, feel free to join me in a rousing cheer. Happy birthday, Betty. Bon voyage. Good luck. We love you. Production credits for this episode, produced and narrated by Warren Henry. Happy birthday to you. Recorded and performed in 1940 by Raymond Scott, Clyde Burke and Chorus. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear people. Happy birthday to you. To you and you. And especially to you. To you and you. Happy birthday to you. to you.